Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Have you been appointed an independent children's lawyer or have you heard them discussing in court or with your lawyers an independent children's lawyer? Well, this episode is perfect for you. Even if they haven't discussed an independent children's lawyer, if you have children and you're going through court, this may be an episode that could help you moving forwards. Welcome, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. (laughs) And before we should start, I should say a lot of the lawyers, barristers, judges, everybody else seem to kind of say, I see. I was going to say that. Yes. (laughs) So no one actually says the big word. Yeah. No one does. ICL. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, Mum, let's have a quick chat. To so, for our listeners out there that maybe have heard about it, it might be happening, or it is happening, or maybe they could be considering it themselves for their children. What is an ICL or an independent children's lawyer? Okay. So, an independent children's lawyer is a properly um, trained solicitor. Um, who's had special training for representation of children. I did that years ago. It's very intensive. Um, And their role uh, is to be a party to the proceedings. So they become a third party to the proceedings. And their role is to ensure that the views of the child are put before the court properly and that the wishes, wishes of the children are put before the court. Okay, so firstly, you were an ICL yep. in in a yep. while back, and secondly, is an ICL seen like uh, on the judge's side of the table, or are they hanging out with everybody else on the other side of the tables? You mean literally in court? <laughs> in court. So, if you've been to court, you know that the applicant stands at one side of the big table called a bar table, facing the judge, who's usually elevated in the centre, and you're facing him or her. Um, and the respondent is the other side, and you'll always see a microphone and a, and a little lectern in the middle, and that's where the ICL sits. Um, that, and that's symbolic of the independent children's lawyer um, impartiality. Uh, they're there to assist the court. I should say it's not their role is not just to put the kids' views to the court. They're also to make independent inquiries and form a view. They don't have to follow the children's wishes, um, but they're someone neutral that the court hopes will help them. So that's actually what we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about what they are, what they do, how they do it, when they do it, and when they might come into <laughs> Did I your just do case the whole podcast? Whole podcast <laughs> no, also, in three sentences. <laughs> no, but we're also no, you definitely didn't. We're also going to cover the myths because there are a lot yes. of myths floating out there about independent children's lawyers. They sound like some sort of mythical unicorn that will come in and sweep up and and do goodness knows what. So we want to cover the myths and also some of the facts that you think our listeners might need to consider um, Mm. if they're going to ask for one or if um, there's been one appointed to your case. Because you've been in this situation, you know, uh, through your independent children lawyering, you know what some things could help. Yes, and we've had some listener questions, a lot about them as well. Um, Oh, uh, okay. Some uh, uh, spoke to a listener yesterday who was really – 
kept uh, was off guard with the ICL and didn't understand this, the process or mm. the situations, and she really wished she'd known in advance. And so this this hopefully will help anyone who yeah. is in that stage that our listener was mm. already in. That happens a lot um, because it's usually a discussion between the lawyers and the judge, and between uh, and sometimes you don't know. I think sometimes. Uh, lawyers are guilty of not preparing their clients properly and the first time it crops up is when they're in front of the judge like the judge might say oh is this a matter that an independent children's lawyer should be appointed you know and then invite submissions and by the time you walk out you've got one and you don't know what it is so everyone with children in court needs to know I guess so that they're not caught off guard like you say not caught Mm, by surprise it's not a bad thing Um, so what what when a judge says when a judge says, oh, this looks like a kind of case that an independent children's lawyer might be good, what kind of cases are independent <laughs> children lawyers good for? Well, um, of course, judges are applying law. So obviously, we're going to go back to a case. So in 1994, the full court set out the um, criteria, I guess, for appointing an independent children's lawyer in a case, because not all children's lawyers have not all children's cases have an ICL, okay? Mm. And these guidelines are set out in a case called RE-K and K, and it's probably worth reading if you've got even a slightly um, technical interest or interest in, in the, the history of it. So we might put those down, Laura, in, in the, the show notes. notes. Yep. Yep. So yep. in a nutshell, K and K, um, the full court said, look, we will look at, we will consider appointing an independent children's lawyer if the parties are in such high conflict that neither of them can be actually trusted to to put um, a neutral or a child-focused view to the court, um, where there's allegations of abuse, um, where there is allegations that one of the parents lacks the capacity to parent a child and, and or has mental or physical um disability or substance abuse, uh, where it's proposed that kids might be separated, se- sibling separation. So if, if the parties come to the court and one, and they are talking about or potentially talking about one kid living with one parent and the other child living with another parent, the independent children's lawyer will be normally appointed on that court, on that, um, uh, on that application because the court, um, generally the cases, um, are against separating siblings. The the Institute of Family Studies has done studies on that. And when children's whole world is going to pot, um, they've got each other and and it's separating them just for some concept of fairness between the parents. Um, the court really doesn't like to look at that. So those are the main reasons if um, that some that the court might consider it. Um, so. If you hear that mention, if your lawyer does the right thing and, and run it past you first, um, or if he or she is taken off guard by the judge, um, it doesn't mean that the judge thinks that you're not capable or, or that anything. It just might be that the level of conflict is so high that the court needs someone independent to present the evidence. The judge might say, oh, looking at this, I think we need an ICL. Mm-hmm. And then the ICL is trying to, what, present the case from a child-focused perspective yes. following what the family court thinks is the right thing for children. That's right. That's right. And the, and the way the independent children's lawyer forms the view, because they don't know your kids and they don't know you guys, um, so they have to rely on independent evidence. So generally they 
issue subpoenas to the schools, police, uh, child safety, um, and then uh, will usually commission a family report, which is a whole other mm. ball game, isn't it? <laughs> So, yes, and we've done an episode on family reports. Yep. So if you need to listen to that, uh, go and have a a little listen. Yep. Um, we'll put that in the show notes as well. If you've got a family report Idea. coming up, okay. So they're using independent. So they're not. They're not. So the independent children's lawyer doesn't ring you up and say, "Hey, nope. what's going on?" Nope. So they don't speak to you. No, and the lawyers don't speak to them either. Um, they're very like really. We, we don't. We, we would never ring up an independent children's lawyer to have a chat in a case okay. because they they yeah. have to keep their role absolutely neutral. So it's normally by correspondence CC'd into both parties. Um, and if you're at court and there's an independent children's lawyer, you will notice that the law, independent children's lawyer should anyway um, keep their communications very neutral and perhaps talk to both both lawyers at once, never sort of standing around having a coffee with one side's lawyer. That wouldn't look very good. It's It's got to be independent. So these independent children's lawyers uh, who are highly trained in independent children-ing <laughs> and they don't speak to either side unless it's very neutral. What about their children? Because it sounds kind of like it's an independent children's lawyer and what, the kid goes to the lawyer? Yeah. See, like what's the deal with that? Okay, so they're not the children's lawyer. They're an independent children's lawyer. So whilst they are to, to help present the children's wishes to the court, they don't have to follow what the children want. So they're not like taking instructions from the children and then representing a middle ground. So so they're not acting like a lawyer would for you or for your ex-partner. They're acting right. in a different way. Yep. So they're not like a normal lawyer. No. They're acting in a different way. Okay. They don't advocate okay. the, the child's point of view. They can let the court mm. know what it is, but lots of times they say, look, Your Honour, this little girl or this little boy really wants to go with the father to Tasmania. However, the the family report has said that the child has been, you know, perhaps coached or it wouldn't be good for him in the developmental um, progress of a child to separate him from his brothers and sisters. So, you know, if a little kid's little, um, whilst mm. their views are given to the court, the court um, doesn't put uh, a lot, well, they put varying weight on it, but if it was a seven-year-old, not much weight. If it's a 15, 14-year-old, a lot of weight because kids that age can just vote with their feet and the court doesn't make orders that would be doomed to fail. Okay. All right. So so they don't take instructions from the children. Mm. Do they speak to the children? Sometimes, yes, depending on the maturity of the children. So when I was an ICL, it wasn't that common, but every now and mm. then uh, my uh, family report writers would say, I think you need to meet with the children, and I'd say, well, good, you come too. Although I'm a mother of six and uh, and I, I've got teaching skills, uh, even so, at the end of the day, I'm just a lawyer, so I needed a social worker there to sort of help me. And the kids would express mm. their views um, and I'd have a little discussion with them, um, but not much. I don't want to put more pressure on them, you know, mm. uh, so mostly just listening. How much weight then, if you've got an independent children's lawyer, because you always talk about, say, family reports have a lot of weight mm -hmm. in the court because the judge is taking that as an independent mm -hmm. view. How much weight does the independent children's lawyer view have in uh, in your case if you're in court? The children's lawyer's view should 
align exactly with the family report in my view. Um, that's mm. their expert. They've appointed this expert. They've got a report um, and that person has had the training as a social worker or a psychologist uh, to produce um, a balanced report. So really the independent children's lawyer is then promoting the view mostly of the family report. So if you said to me what's the most powerful assistance to the court, I would say a family report. Um, mm-hmm. So often uh, the, judge will, the judges will go, well, what do the children say? What what do they say? You know, just mm-hmm. interested to see where they're coming from. Okay. So, where, so, okay, you might go into court with lawyers and you might be talking to the judge. You might just after be in mediation or before mediation. Mm-hmm. If uh, the judge doesn't say, I think you need an independent children's lawyer. Is there any other way an independent children's lawyer can be appointed? Oh, yes. Sometimes the judge, like I said, he go, he or she goes, oh, I think this might be a matter for independent children's lawyer. Um, but also one of the parents or the party's lawyers might think that as well. And it might be mm. that it's either supported by the other side and you both think there should be an ICL, but it's a discretion of the judge. So, if you ask for an independent children's lawyer, it'd be something like this. Your Honour, I'm seeking the appointment of an independent children's lawyer and the reasons are this, and then I run out my re-K, I have them printed out in front of me, um, that, you know, the children are, uh, the views of the children are important because they're 13 or 12, uh, because um, one of the parents has drug issues or something, you know, because uh, there's um, high conflict, something like that. You just point out to the judge which elements, because it, it's usually paid for by the legal aid. Um, and so it is up to the judge. You can't reach a consent order between yourselves to appoint an independent children. So you have to, prov- you have to um, get the judge on your side and tell the judge why you think, and they may say, no, I don't think it needs one, or yes, I think it needs one. So it doesn't cost anything. So if oh, you've got legal bills it racking does a up, little you bit. don't have to worry about that. No. Oh, oh, no. So, so um, it depends on your financial circumstances. Uh, you'll find once an independent children's lawyer is appointed, one of the first documents they send your, you or your clients, my clients, um, is a financial um, disclosure document, a financial statement where they have a look at what you're earning, what you're spending, whether you can afford to contribute to the costs of the family of the independent children's lawyer. Because otherwise, so legal aid. Um, Legal Aid always appoints the independent children's lawyers. Um, they they have a panel of them. But uh, if they can get the public to pay for some of those, then there's more people can have the benefit of an independent children's lawyer who can't afford it. So you can afford it. You can usually be asked to pay, and it can be a few thousand dollars. So you need to Ooh. set out that document carefully. And, and that is a consideration, I'm afraid, with people. If the judge says, what about an independent children's lawyer, uh, people may worry about having to contribute to the costs. Um, and it's a real okay. risk. So don't get blindsided by that. It, it's good. It's worth it if you think it's um, going to help your case, I, I guess. Uh, but most people on a reasonably normal income will have to contribute uh, between probably about uh, 1200 and 3000 
Well, that's in Queensland okay. anyway. Can you talk me through back when you're an independent children's lawyer and mixed in with the few changes that have happened mm. recently? Imagine that you've been given a case, mm-hmm. one of our listeners maybe, yep. not that you do it anymore, so it doesn't matter. So one of our listeners has been appointed an ICL for their case. You've been given it. What would you do? Okay. What do you do? What are the so steps? So the first thing that happens is Legal Aid sends me an email or a letter and asks me if I'm available for court on the day and if I'm prepared to take on the case, I'd say yes, and next thing I get the case sent to me. Uh, then the first thing, of, obviously, an independent children's lawyer does is read it all. So they'll read it's What they'll have is all, all the court your affidavits. documents. All the court documents, okay. the application, the responses, the affidavits, um, and any orders that have already been made. And at the end of that, you'll have a pretty good idea why the independent children's lawyer was appointed. So there's either substance abuse or separation of siblings, mental health issues, or very high conflict. Um, Mm-hmm. But then you start to gather evidence. Uh, so you might see that you, you send a questionnaire out to the clients, to the parties, and say, look, who's their doc- Who's the child's doctor? Who's your doctor? Um, and and just what school are the kids going to and all of that? And then you issue subpoenas to the schools, maybe to the police if there's allegations. Okay. TV. And so for those people that haven't listened to our subpoena episode, mm. which I think we've done, yeah. uh, subpoenas are what asking, sorry, for example, if you send a subpoena to, um, I don't know, the, the police, the pharmacy yeah. or yeah. the police, it's all the files or any notes that they have on that named person. Well, yes, you, you say what you need about that name. Yeah. So I might say okay. everything you've got about, and I'd put both parties, the parents, both names and all of the mm-hmm. kids. And sometimes okay. if they're living with someone else or remarried, I'd put the other person's name as well. And that way I get okay. a full criminal history uh, I get reports from the schools. So subpoenas are like a document. You set, you prepare it, but the court issues it. So the registrar will issue it. You send it into the court, mm-hmm. and if they think it's reasonable, they'll issue it. And it is quite a powerful document. It says you must provide this material by this date or there's a $5,000 fine. So mm-hmm. it, it's quite mm-hmm. a weighty document. So you don't issue them lightly. And when you get and then all you the read subpoenas, it all? oh, absolutely, everything. Well, you have to get permission, but then I have to yeah. read all the subpoena material and everything that's been done before, all the earliest subpoena material, and then you appoint, you choose a family report writer, set up the appointments for the, those people to go, and we've done an episode on a family report, I think. Yes. And yeah. then you wait for that report I- to come in and hopefully it all comes in before you're in court for the first time before the judge. So you're able to say to the judge, I've done this, this, this and this and they're all here, here's the family report and this is what I think is the right step to take for the child today. Okay. So you don't do, as an independent children's lawyer, an affidavit or a, a, an application or your own no. parenting orders. Mm-hmm. You don't do any of that. You just you're just kind of there to be like the level-headed, non-emotional hmm. if you person. Think, yeah, I think so. If you think of it this way, the court, the judge is sitting there. He's got two, or she's got two people in front who don't agree on almost anything. How is the judge Mm. going to know on an interim basis where no one's being cross-examined? He's got Mm. one set of facts here according to him and another set according to her. And the judge really looks to appointing an ICL to help them, someone they Mm. can rely on who's going to be independent, not pushing a point of view. 
So yeah. uh, their role is really to to just assist the court. And when parties reach consent orders or agree to something, uh, the ICL needs to agree to it too. Otherwise, we have to go into the court and say to the judge what the parties agree. The ICL says she doesn't agree because, I don't know, separating siblings or it's moving schools or something, and then the judge will will decide whether he'll make those or she'll make those orders anyway um, over the objection okay. of the children's lawyer. So you can't, like you've talked about before, when people get to the door of a trial and they all of a sudden agree on everything, mm. if you've got an ICL, the ICL also has to agree. Yes. yes. What so- about in mediation? What if there's an ICL and you're in mediation? Yeah. So- to interrupt this episode, but we have a really important announcement that very well might just help you out. Are you feeling confused, lost, scared and overwhelmed by the family law legal jargon and processes? Join the club. Now it's your chance to empower, educate and equip yourself with the legal know-how and tools you need to get divorced and finally settle. Introducing the DIY Divorce Blueprint, created lovingly by Mum and Me. We've downloaded Mum's Brains into 42 video lessons along with over 100 templates and worksheets that you can use to create and settle your property and children's matters. Follow our guide and steps and templates to get yourself finally settled in divorce. Use it as a guide with your lawyer or without. But hopefully, using this DIY Divorce Blueprint, you can stay out of court and you can get it settled and sorted at a fraction of the price. Click the link in the show notes to find out more or go to thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enrol. Yes, what about in mediation? What if there's an ICL and you're in mediation? Yeah. So the same thing. I think um, there is a tendency for some independent children lawyers to be a little bit too <laughs> um, intrusive in the in the mediation process. But my view is the parties should negotiate between themselves. They're the ones who have to live it, who know their children well. And then the independent children's lawyer needs to compare it to the family report that they've got or whatever information they've got and say, okay, how does this address this issue of substance abuse? How does this address this issue of violence? How do, how, and make sure the orders are, are supported, I guess, by her or his independent, um, you know, family report about the family. Mm. Yeah. And then okay. they help the court. All right. The court, when you make consent orders, you, you actually don't make the orders. You still have to go into the judge and he or she will read them. And then if they're, you know, good for, for the children, in the best interest of the children, the court will make the orders. So um, when you go in with orders, uh, if the ICL doesn't agree, it's probably because he or she doesn't think it's in the best interests of the kids. Okay. And that's really all an ICL is making sure that the best interest of the children are being center and forefront. So I guess uh, for benefits and downsides, (laughs) the benefits are, what are the benefits? Um, Like if, especially if you, um, if you are not paying anything, the uh, independent mm. children's, children's lawyer issues the subpoenas that are necessary usually. Um, yeah. If the independent children's lawyer happens to come down on your side, that is family reports favourable to you, the independent children's lawyer, well, that's a very significant factor in your case for the court to mm. look at and go, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guided by the independent children's lawyer in most cases. So that what are the downsides to having an ICL in the case? If they side with the other person, uh, if they okay. look like their recommendations don't favour the ones that you want, um, mm. it's more expensive for you uh, for your lawyer 
uh, even if a legal aid appoints the independent children's lawyer, there's an extra person to deal with to serve documents on who's filing material and it makes the case dearer um, and mm-hmm. can make it run a little bit longer, I think. So okay. sometimes. Now, okay, so they're good to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the myths, the listener that I was speaking to the other day said she did not know what she was in for. Is there things that people can do for their children or themselves to prepare themselves hmm. if an ICL comes onto their case. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's booklets. Um, there's booklets for the kids, age-appropriate booklets. I think you go into the FCFCOA uh, website and look for resources and look at publications because, hey, we're lawyers. We just can't say, oh, here's the booklet. Click here. We go, go into resources, look in publications, mm. click on this. But, yes, you'll find... Now, I do, I just, well, since they've changed the website, they have taken the booklets down for the family report, right? Oh, so yes. I'm not sure if the ICLs are still there, but if they are, we'll put them in well, the yes, show notes. Okay. I if they're not, they I'll... I'll write a letter to the court and ask them to put it back. Ask them to put it back on. Yes, otherwise um, just perhaps explain uh, that it's not – it's not scary for the kids. Everything they do is very child-focused. So um, the family report that they'll order will be in a very – it's pretty gentle environment. There might be some hard questions asked. Um, the kids, especially older kids, might think they can instruct the lawyer to, to yeah. say what they want, um, but yeah. no, that's not happening. Um, but, yes, just I think just present it as, a, as a, a way of finding out what's best for the children and that this person's helping the judge. If now, if the children, if the children aren't ever going to speak to the ICL, they haven't been in, asked to an interview. Should they know no, that there is an independent no, children's there's lawyer? There's no reason for them to know. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that's probably the kids yeah, should putting them in. Yeah, I think I think the kids shouldn't really know in in general when it's caught, but it's pretty hard to disguise it if you're getting dressed up in the morning and you're a little bit stressed. Um, mm. A lot of kids, twin- but there's no need to say, "Oh, you've got your own lawyer now." Like no. that seems to be a little bit of a. Yeah. Um, and and for a child, they think of a lawyer as you know a person in a suit that Scary. you know they see on TV. Mm. It just doesn't really help the situation, calming it down or choosing sides and all that nonsense that some people make children do. I think mm. um, I would be really recommending bad. anyone tell tell their children that they have an ICL. Okay, so. When uh, so you probably prepare, have preparation wise, Laura, you have to tell them if they're going to be meeting the independent. Of course, lawyer. yeah, of course. Mm. Otherwise, they'll be like, <laughs> "Why am I telling this person anything?" Um, of course, but only do that if you get an interview. Otherwise, That's there's right. no point to Just tell keep them. it out. Yeah. How can you? Uh, so imagine, Mum. I'm sure you've got lots of clients uh, who there is an ICL on their case, um, and you've had clients in the past who've had ICLs mm. on their case. How? How? is the best way to ensure that the ICL can see that your side of whatever is the best side? Like what, what do your clients do? What, what do you recommend? Just, I recommend you just have a really good lawyer who can articulate your case in clear affidavits um, mm. so that, uh, and, and you know how you do that? You follow the sections of the Family Law Act. I often wish a lot of really good lawyers would forget that they've, are really experienced and really good lawyers and would we'll just go back to the to the law and do headings under section 60 cc about the children um you know their their views their health 
uh, and just looking at what schools they go to, just follow the headlines, you know, the headings, who's available to supervise them, what's their relationship with each parent, who's supported the children, um, and just follow the, the, the case, oh, so, sorry, follow the sections of the Act that are relevant because that's what the judge will be doing and that's what the independent children's lawyer will be doing. So, you know, don't okay. wander off down sidetracks. So if you don't have a lawyer, if we've got a listener who's on a, uh, is in court, been appointed an ICL, doesn't have a lawyer, mm. their best way to sway the ICL to see that their way is the, in the best interest of the children, um, which hopefully it is, is to follow the sections of the six, uh, Family Law Act, Section 60CC, yep. and using each part of that as a heading in their affidavits and always pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. So we will put the Section 60CC link in, again, the show notes. We've talked about it in our affidavit Mm. um, Mm. episode. If you haven't listened to that, go back and have a listen. Um, So if you are doing your own affidavits, just – and, like, Mum, you're right. If if you're writing an affidavit, which is a little story about what's going on and you're putting in things that the judge doesn't have any rule – it can't rule over. There's no law on it. It's unhelpful. So really focus on those areas and hopefully convince the ICL that your way mm. is the best you way. You know for what the else, children. Laura? Um, if you put too much other stuff in, and bear in mind, interim affidavits have to be only 10 pages. But mm. if, um, if you're doing, um, putting an affidavit in with a whole lot of other stuff about what he did to your mother's bars and where's the Tupperware gone and, all of that, mm. um, it, it distracts from your your case, which might be very strong, but no one can see it. So keep your headings clear, follow the guidelines, and then put anything extra you think must be told to the judge, put it at the end if you've got room. But make sure you I get I guess those you headings. could think of it... I think you could think of it as an affidavit or creating or presenting your case if you're doing it yourself or even if you are doing it with a lawyer because some lawyers lose it. Think of it like a painting. So you can do (laughs) a really serious, um, you know, those those simple ones that are just like squares and dots and it's just very simple and that's your case. You can, you can see it plainly. (laughs) You're standing there in an art gallery going, I could have done that. Yes, yes. (laughs) But but or you can take that route and do a magic painting you know the ones you have to look at for ages to see the picture to come out that is the kind of affidavit you want to avoid you don't want the judge trying to stare at your magic painting trying to see what message you're trying to say you want it to be very clear geometric shapes black and white this is it under the section 60 cc i often imagine the judge has a checklist on his on his um desk in front of him and that has mm. all of the factors about 60cc and he's just noting so sometimes I think judges have you ever seen that that Simpsons episode where they were trying to train the dog and they're having a big long talk to Sanders little helper the dog and all he heard was blah 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 Sanders little helper blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well a judge anything that doesn't fit in those guidelines you're you're at mm-hmm. risk of the judge just hearing blah 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 because it doesn't help him mm. or her and I guess decision. that's the the ICL probably also sees blah, blah, blah. And I guess in the cases mm. where you are high conflict or manipulative and controlling and there's lots of fighting going on, like a parent even, I yeah. sometimes phase out of the blah, blah, blahs. Um, I used to send and you probably- and your brother both to your rooms because I couldn't be bothered trying to work out who was at fault. <laughs> exactly. And, and if I did so try to say really it, clear. you used to convince me it was him. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so so what are the what are the some of the myths that you've heard over the years about ICLs that you're like, no, that's not yeah. what they do. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, the ICL's against me. They don't like me. Um, I want to get rid of this one and get a new ICL. I don't think, I think that if an independent children's lawyer forms the view that your proposal for the children isn't the better proposal, um, don't mm. take that personally. Um, take it on board. Uh, the other myth is... Um, so just before we start, so so an ICL can't just go, I don't like that person, so therefore, Your Honour, I think you should do this because yeah. even if they present the case to the judge, they still have to give the reasons do. why, don't they? And, yep. Okay. And they have right. to back so, it up with their experts and subpoenas and what other professionals have said. They're just the okay. mouthpiece um, okay. of those professionals, yeah. And All right. Another What's another myth? myth? Is that, the, that the children can tell them what to do that the children can mm. ring them up and go, I instruct you to say that I have to live with my mother, you know, or something. Mm. That, that mm. doesn't happen. Or, or I don't have to do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't have yeah. to walk You don't walk dob to your mother in. Or, yeah. Yes. Or your father yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so it's not a, that not is a big myth. That. And I have heard lots of people talking about that where they say, oh, um, you know, little Johnny's going to ring the ICL and tell them everything. And you go, oh, okay. That's I about as serious that. as you threatening to ring Santa Claus when they're bad. And they're little. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So ICLs don't uh, usually meet with the children. If they do, probably only once. Probably, yes. Yeah. And it's and, just and a courtesy, really. They did a survey um, years ago of people who'd been represented by independent children's lawyers and they talked to them when oh. they were about in their 20s and early 30s. And what came oh. out of that um, survey was that all, almost all of the people that they surveyed said they didn't feel heard. They felt that everything was happening to them and around them and they didn't even have an opportunity to speak to their lawyer. So this, I think, is a way of making the children feel, okay, this is this person who's representing my my best interests. They don't necessarily represent my idea of what's going to happen to me, but at least mm -hmm. um, these people, these um, children, when they go into adulthood, don't feel that they weren't heard. They feel that they at least had an opportunity to have their say. So if some children... Um have been coached and they go into a family report and they're, you know, mm. they've obviously said things or the, they speak to the ICL and they're saying, you know, something. How do you, how does an ICL pick up on that? They've got no idea. With, with honestly, right. I wouldn't have known um, who was telling if they were coached or not. I'm not trained in that. Um, mm. but, but so uh, that isn't their job. The independent children's lawyer has a family reporter, family report writer, that person is a psychologist and right. um, or can be um, a social worker, but they are skilled in eliciting from um, getting from the kids um, a mm -hmm. feel for where these comments are coming from and whether they're genuinely held or not or whether they've been influenced by a parent. Okay. All right. And any other myths you can think of, Mum? I think I would like to dispel the myth that whatever the independent children's lawyer says is absolutely going to be what the court says. Um, sometimes right. they get it wrong. Uh, sometimes after listening to the evidence in a trial, the independent children's lawyer might change their view. 
and switch from one one sort of person's side basically like you know preferring yours to preferring the other person's or otherwise so um and and i have seen uh judges not follow uh, independent children's lawyers recommendation uh, particularly if it's not available to the independent children's lawyer to say these things based on the evidence that they've gone and got for the court they might you know they might interpret the report a different way or the family report writer in the witness box might change a little bit about what they're thinking so i i think so many cases i think lawyers i hear from clients that that lawyers say to them well the independent children's lawyer says this so you might as well just sign it you know, uh, if you really think the ICL's got it wrong, particularly I think if you've got someone manipulative uh, on the other side, a parent who's pretty clever at this stuff, uh, then while you're respectful to the independent children's lawyer and you can um, negotiate, have your lawyer negotiate with them on the way through, um, I would be reluctant to sign any final orders uh, if you hold a very strong view that the ICL's got it wrong. But, but have a really right. good think about it. Um, you might go through the whole trial and the independent children's lawyer's view is followed anyway. Um, but, you know, on those rare occasions, probably one out of ten, uh, the children's lawyer changes their view after the evidence. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's heartening if anyone's got mm. an ICL who's not taking their view at the moment, mm. so that's great. Mm. Um Mum, in re- regards to we just touched on controlling and manipulative. So, with an ICL, if you've got an ICL and you're in a controlling and manipulative situation, um, what's what's something that you can keep in mind or try and do to keep the ICL on your when side? You, when you go to your family report, um, I think tell the report writer about uh, the coercive control that you think has been going mm. on in your life or that the other person's manipulative, just be candid about that. Um, don't mm. hold back, but then don't go crazy on it either, but just say, mm. you know, that in your experience with him or her, uh, she's uh, very manipulative. Um, for instance, when we built the house, she did this or, you know, she's um, she's told the school the wrong thing here and I'm I'm exhausted <laughs> just yeah and just flag it yeah. with the social worker and they will then or the psychologist when the t- time comes to talk to the other person they know how to elicit um, the truth from those people and they can keep it in their mind even put it to the other side that they did this so you did this on this day do you, why did you do that you know and they can find mm-hmm. out a lot about a person on a casual interview So if a manipulative and controlling um, ex-partner, the best bet for you is to talk to the family report writer and give them as much information as you can without seeming crazy, that just giving them a plain view of, okay, this person's a bit manipulative. Yeah, give examples. And and if there's a real risk of a serious mental issue, health issue or perhaps a personality disorder, uh, 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 the family report writer will generally recommend that a psychiatric psychiatric assessment be done, perhaps on both of you. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's another fun thing for everyone to do. <laughs> um, okay. So what about high conflict? You fight, fight, fight all the time, maybe not so much mm. manipulative or controlling, just cannot agree that the sky is blue. Mm. Um 
How does that affect working with an ICL and how, how can you best put your foot forward with an ICL with a high conflict Try case? to accommodate the other person a bit. If the other person's so high conflict, nothing, you'll never be able to agree with them, agree on things. You might have to look at sort of like I say when you're in a tug of war with a rope, you can either pull them over to your side or you can drop the rope and walk away. And so probably if you've got a person high conflict, they were probably a bit like that when you had a fight when you were together. And mm. um, if you had to, to to just finish it, just say, okay, I give up, I'm late, uh, you know, okay, and don't talk about it anymore, maybe you have to do that in the court context as well and just say. But obviously not on the important issues. No, like if it's over, issues. whether or not but you, yeah. Reality check on the things and make sure it's worth going in hard on each issue. Yep. Do you know if it's like yellow undies or blue undies? You can have yellow And if undies. you do that, do the does the ICL see that and go, oh, okay, so obviously this this person is the one yeah. that's causing the trouble, causing the trouble that's because right. this person keeps giving in. Yeah. Okay, so the court right. they they call it making appropriate concessions and like just mm-hmm. you know not fighting every damn little issue. Just you know, yeah, it for the big stuff. Okay. All right. Um, so then we've got avoidant. Mm. So these are the people that they don't answer their emails, they don't answer their affidavits, they don't put anything in. They're really, really, really hard to get anything mm. out of. So with it's an ICL, does that, I guess that helps you. It does. Does it? Yeah. The ICL yeah. Ident- can identify then this person's not fully invested in the process. Um, they're not mm. cooperative. They might have a problem with authority. Uh, Can that change the ICL's view or is it just makes it um, more annoying? I think they'll generally, um, I've heard people refer to it when they're making submissions as the independent children's lawyer that, you know, one person's okay. been more cooperative in the court process than the other. Uh, and mm. That might help the judge, you know. Okay. All right. Because it's, they look well, at your capacity positive. to parent. And if you really can't focus or you can't answer emails and you're, you're dodging the issues, then that impacts on your capacity to deal with the day-to-day as a parent. Mm. Mm. It's a sign that maybe something's not quite right. right. Yeah. In saying that, though, getting divorced and all of that oh. can be very stressful. Well, it is very stressful for people. Like everyone. And most people at basket <laughs> cases, even if they really, really wanted to separate, the reality yeah. is quite a, a slap in the face. Mm. Okay. And lastly, and this one, Mum, you've said a couple of times you wish you touched on it a little bit more. Okay. Um, and it's probably not the right uh, episode to talk about it, but amicable. And I think we need to do a whole episode on amicable. But if you're in an amicable relationship, we've split, but you guys still talk, you're still okay. How does that affect the ICL situation? You usually wouldn't need an ICL in a situation like that. But if, say, you're amicable and that amicable is that you're giving in or that amicable means that um, you're going to uh, have one child each or something, you will have an ICL appointed in those things. So, so, mm. And sometimes when the parties agree on something that don't doesn't really fit the description of the best interests of the children, um, mm. then the ICL might refuse to agree with it and the court may decline to make the orders so but just be careful we will do a whole episode on amicable i'm glad laura because i think sometimes that is a um it's a it's a bit of a myth you know normally if you're amicable you don't end up in court the real amicable people uh we don't usually see or they do consent orders 
So, mm. yeah, just be careful. Mm. There might okay. be something else going on there and it might be manipulative uh, people. Manipulative, controlling, yes. inamicable clothing. Yep. Yep. clothing. Dressed up in amicable yes. clothing, yep. So we will do an episode on yes. that for sure, Mum. Okay, well, thank you, Mum. Have you got anything to say just before we go to anybody who is freaking out, there's now an ICL appointed, yep. they're worried about their kids, uh, yeah. they've got things coming up and they're stressed? What, you know, what, what words of advice and can you give to anyone listening today? I think every ICL I know really, really is child-focused and they don't care uh, particularly about the parents and they've seen it all before and they've heard it all before and their aim is to just get the child through this process and assist the court to make the right orders. So I think ICLs are a great benefit um, to your case and to the court. And if they come down against you, you, you maybe have a look at yourself and wonder, you know, is there something I could change? Because they give those reports before court. So you've got time to fix things between the report and the trial. You genuinely, if you genuinely love your kids and that's you want what's best for the children and they're saying this is what is best for the children, unless they've completely got it wrong, mm. then maybe, yes, you do some self-reflection. And I guess in a way, if an ICL is appointed, you know that your kids are going to come out most likely with the best outcome, yeah. Yeah. whether you like it or not, but maybe that's something that you can come to the understanding of. This is best for the kids. Yes. If it's something so you should be okay. with, you know they've put the appropriate ruler over it and, and following the act. Yeah. But it's still hard and it's still horrible and no. having people assess, assess your parenting and assess your children and having your life under a microscope, I understand oh, for some people it must terrible. be so, so hard. You know, we've done some free calls recently to some of our listeners just to see where they're at, what, how we can help. And, you know, it's, it's breaking my heart, mum. I don't know how you do it. No, I'm never, ever, ever going to be a lawyer. No. Um, it's taken a long poor time. people go through so much heck. And yeah. I, I, when they, and, and it's nearly the same kind of story. Yes. So I am genuinely happy to continue doing this podcast with you mum as long as we can to help as many people as we can and if you're listening to this and this has helped you through yours if you can share this podcast with Mm. one other person that you know or pop it up on your um, Facebook Mm. without being passive aggressive to your ex if you've got (laughs) but letting people know the more words we can get out there to help others and and in this case anyone who's struggling with an icl at the moment so thank you so much mum no worries for all your time (laughs) and thank you everyone for your reviews don't forget if you put a review into the apple podcast review and give us a rating we pull out once a month a review star we've already pulled out our review star for this month but we'll be pulling one out for next month so don't miss out you get to speak to mum who literally has been a mediator, an ICL, a barrister, an arbitrator, and a family law specialist for 35 years. She's amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Mum, for coming okay, along. hugs, Laura. Hugs, everyone. Bye. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording. (laughs) 